You've got work friends, you've got best friends, and now you've got ghoul friends. Hello and welcome to episode 131 of the Ghoul Friends Podcast. I'm Celeste. And I'm Caitlin. And how's it going? <laughs> um, well, I have two cracks in my heel right now. So not good. It sucks and it's hot and I just have a sock on with some neosporin and it's, it's, not, it's not a good time. For anyone that has ever had a uh, crack in your heel, it is truly one of the most painful things. It really is. Because it's, it's not like you put weight on it all the time <laughs> to walk. It's true. Yeah. I've only had like maybe two before in my life. Like I don't. You lucky soul. I, you do. You get them. Mm-hmm. They hurt. I I'll say I maybe, this is like the third one I maybe remember yeah. ever having, but it sucks. Yeah. It's not fun. Mm-mm. I don't recommend them. Luckily. The sock is helpful, mm-hmm. and we have our hokas. Yes, the house shoes. House shoes. They're um, very cushioned. They're very yeah, spongy, so yeah. I think those will help, too, when I mm-hmm. walk around the house today. It does. I think that'll make you feel a little bit better. Yeah. So, yeah, Caitlin's got cracks in her heels. <laughs> um, what else we got going on? I can't stop thinking about the orange tree. I, you say you're not going back, but I know you're going to go buy this orange tree. I forgot tomato, too, so. Yeah, as if you needed a reason. So Caitlin comes back from the store, and she's like, I got everything we needed, but there's this really cute orange tree, and I passed it, and I forgot to get it, and it's all we've heard about since she got home, so. Well, I was like, before I cash out, I'm going to go get the orange Because it was like at the beginning, where you Mm -hmm. walk in, and I was like, I'm going to loop around again and get it. So I go, I check out, and then I'm leaving, and I was like, ah, fuck. (laughs) And I was like, oh, but then I'm like, what if I go and like it's already gone? And then I drive all the way back there. Not that it's less than 10 minutes, but. Yeah. But what if it's not gone? It'd be fucking awesome. It had like oranges and shit coming off from it. Was there one? It's just one? Mm-hmm. We're going after this. <laughs> You're coming with. <laughs> okay. <laughs> nice. Um, it's been decided. <laughs> Let's see. Um, I don't think we have too, too much going on right now, which is weird to say. Yeah, usually we, we have had a lot going on in the past. It does feel weird now that, like, we're definitely settled. Mm-hmm. Um, we have our cats. We have our mm-hmm. stuff. We have a house. Like, things yep. that we all, we passed our three-month anniversary of being so here the other day. We are officially, uh, you know, using the fact that we're not tourists because yep. we're allowed to still be here. Yep. So, so that's, that's cool. Nice. Um, but yeah, it's kind of weird to just be like, oh, like we don't have anything to like that we have to do or we're looking, yeah. you know, like the cats. That was mm-hmm. such an adventure to, to get them here. And then all of a sudden it was like, yeah, okay. They're here. They're here. They're settled. Everything has just kind of evened out. Yeah. Yeah, I'm it's true. <laughs> I know. And now I've got like this travel itch. Like I really want to book us a trip. Somewhere. Well, and we were talking about it this morning that the euro is kind of different than it was, meaning the dollar is stronger. Which, like, has not happened in a real long time. Really long time. Um, So, for tourists, that's a A really good good thing. thing. Um, They're saying in the long term, it's probably not the greatest thing, but kind of for the short term. Yeah. Or if you're here as a tourist in Europe. Yeah. Whoa. I think... Our neighbor just got body slammed <laughs> above us. That came from above us, that right? That was. That scared me. Jeez. Funk. <laughs> they, oh, the joys of apartment living. <laughs> it is. They, to be fair, though, that's Are the first time I think I've ever... The other day, they were moving a chair kind of around, but they were just moving in. Yeah. So, I'm fine with that. As long fair. as it's not late night, it's not... Loud. Yeah. yeah. No, they're. I haven't heard them either, for the most part, I'd say they're... I don't know what that was. It's either someone just tanked it or... Yeah, I don't know what that was either, but something. <laughs> jump, not jump. Yeah. What else? Oh, um, I have one. I'm just a little chatty Tina over here. <laughs> we, we fucking handled mm. the car wash. We have had a weekend of hard things, like being brave and doing hard things. We, did a, we both collectively did a lot of things. We... <laughs> so Friday for whatever reason more probably me than Celeste I do the like majority of the driving because mm-hmm. Caitlin I, doesn't ever like me to drive <laughs> if we're going somewhere together you never drive N- no because you don't let me <laughs> yeah, I know <laughs> um so I mean I was driving most of the time and I've just been so nervous to tackle 
the car wash. Yeah. <laughs> um, so we finally got brave because it was... And a giant bird pooped on our car. So it was <laughs> like, I can't ignore it anymore. <laughs> it was bad. And like the rims were just dirty mm-hmm. and it just... Betty needed a bath. Yeah, so it was real bad. We go and... Uh, the the man spoke uh, not did not speak English, but we got it across that we only wanted the outside done. Inside was still clean, mm-hmm. um, and then he kind of just pointed to the levels. You know, it was like nine euro, twelve euro, mm-hmm. twenty euro, and I just do the bat- I was just like the twenty like pointed. Mm-hmm. Gave him my credit card, and he just like pointed. <laughs> so drove. It's and- very easy to follow. Like, yes, it, it really was. I plugged a few words into translate just to see what they meant, mm-hmm. but. Like, it reminds me a lot of, like, in South Carolina, we have Cactus is a big um, car wash place. And it's very similar. Like, you pull up, you tell the person what you want done, you pay, they give you your ticket, and then depending on where you go, sometimes they have you get out of the car Mm -hmm. and wait inside while they pull it through the car wash. Or other times, like this place, you go through. they kind of guide you in, Mm -hmm. and you put your car in neutral, and it pulls you through. And then, as we realized, you kind of circle the building each time, like if you want the inside done, yep, you'd circle and go through the inside lane, and you just kind of keep doing this until you've gotten all your shit done. Yeah. So overall, I found it very easy to to do. It like, was. I would. I could do it by myself. Yeah. No, for sure. So we did that. Um, we parked in our apartment garage, which is um, very small. It's yeah, not. The only time I'll do it is probably um, like our neighbor said, maybe in the winter if it's mm-hmm. icy or or if we're going out of town. Yeah. It's a good place to keep your car. It's just not like... An so everyday spot. Basically, you pull into this like one car garage mm-hmm. and the door shuts behind you and you're now in a car elevator and it brings you down underground to this very small... This is a very small... There's only like six units yeah, in this apartment. Yeah, it's so it's a very big. small complex. So it's a very tiny garage. Mm-hmm. And our parking spot is the first one as soon as you get in. So basically, you got to pull in and then you back in. But like... There's this huge, giant concrete pillar, and you just don't have a lot of room. Yeah. And it's just too snug, and I'm afraid. I almost hit the door. Yep, yep. <laughs> and then to get out, you have to, I made, I probably had to pull forward and back up, like, mm-hmm. at least five or six times to get it lined up to get back oh, right. out. So just, I go out and about multiple times, sometimes a day, mm-hmm. out running errands or whatever. It's just not feasible to... to- Pull in and out. To like, do, that was just a pain in the ass. Yeah. So that wasn't, you know, we, we did it. We now know we can do it if we need to. If, yeah. And like you said, if we travel, that's a good idea. Or yeah. if it's going to be a shitty day. To keep it down to, there. Yeah. Um, but we did it. And that's what matters. We did. We and were brave. for all the Americans that are going, did they just say car elevator? Yes, we did. Yeah. They do have car elevators here. It is a very strange thing and not for the claustrophobic. No. It's kind of weird because you don't feel it. Yeah. Like, it doesn't really feel like you're moving. You just see, like, the wall in front of you, like, changing, and you're like, oh. It's, it, gave, it gives me very much Haunted Mansion vibes. Yeah. It's not my favorite. <laughs> yeah. Your mom would hate it. No, she's not going to be able to go in there. We're no. going to have to let her ass out before we go yeah. in. But luckily, we have ample, like, street, street parking. parking. So, uh, that's I've never really had any issue finding parking yeah. close by. And it's kind of funny here because for from what I can surmise so far, a country that is very big on rule following. Mm-hmm. You know, parking in the U.S. usually, I'm just going, for example, with, like, Charleston. Yeah. More in the downtown area. Um, they are very strict about where you park. If you're mm-hmm. not in a garage, like, street parking, you have to have a residential sticker on your car that says you live there. Right. To park on the street. Here, it doesn't park wherever matter. you want. They don't care. <laughs> and, like, you would assume, like, oh, this must be a one-way road because there's only room for one car. The rest are parked on the side. No. It's a two-way street, and you're fucked if you find another car coming at you. And you can you, park on either side. It doesn't even matter. As yeah. long as, like, a car can get through, it. wherever the fuck you want, you go. You just park. Yeah, and then if you do encounter a car coming the other way, you do the car tango where one of you decides. Someone has to kind of pull off to the side. And let the other through. Yep. And they're very nice about that. Like, no one is going to hit, like, ram no, you head on. I've never had any issue. It's either you pull over or they pull over. Like, a lot of waving. and mm-hmm. You know, I, I found at least here, this mm-hmm. part that we're in, um, people are quite considerate as drivers. They yep. will let you out in front of them. They will wave to you if they you will. let them out. Like, And it's it does remind me a little bit of, there are some areas, mostly like rush hour, mm-hmm. 
um, you know, the section I'm talking mm-hmm. about. I mean, if you're going to cut someone off, they don't care. Just do it. Don't like hesitate. If you're mm-hmm. going to go, go. Don't half-ass it don't and then stop because they'll, they will honk at you. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, no, there was that. Um, and then let's see, yesterday, mm-hmm. I got real brave. Yep. A stroke of insanity, <laughs> I'm pretty sure. But um, I got my hair done for the first time here. Yep. Which I went lighter, so my hair is more blonde now. Yep, very. But, um, you know, parking, again, can be a little tricky in the downtown yeah. area. And we don't live downtown. We live just outside of it. Yeah. We so, could walk. It's like a 20-minute walk it'd be, to downtown. Yeah, but especially it's not... And it's coming back is like up a huge yeah. hill, so that's not fun. So we've kind of debated on how to get downtown because it's a nice little area. Mm-hmm. Um, but someone at work had told me about the buses, which uh, public transportation in Germany and in Europe in general is big and yes. it's good. It's a very good mm-hmm. system. Um, so I was really brave and I tried the bus. You did great. And I got there and I got my hair done and then I got on the wrong bus coming home. So I had a slight panic attack when I realized um, none of the stops were matching. I can just imagine you getting on and you're like, I'm going in the complete wrong direction. Yeah. So I stayed calm. I just hopped off at the next stop and I waited for the next bus, the correct one. And then I got home no problem. Yeah. And there's a bus stop right outside of the house. There's multiple bus stops like within walking distance. So if that means we can go downtown and have lunch or do some shopping and just not have to worry about driving or parking mm-hmm. a car, done. Yeah. It's also very affordable too. Yes, and especially with, like, your parents or, you know, really anybody that, like I said, we could walk downtown, like, mm-hmm. in the fall would probably be great. Yeah, you know, when it's cool out. You can do that and not die of street, street, heat stroke. <laughs> yeah, or, literally. like, climbing up that steep hill. Right. You know, coming back. Um, that'll be a great option for, like I said, your parents or, like, us, obviously, during the summer. Yeah, so. So, I'm proud of you. You did thank great. You. Yeah. Survived that. So, we've just been doing... Doing hard stuff this weekend. We can do hard things. We can. That was the theme of the weekend. Yep. So, yeah. Well, well I think we, we're over our time. We definitely <laughs> We rambled, but we you know did. what? We were so proud of ourselves that we just had to tell you about well, it. Well, and we've said it before, too. Like, honestly, this is this is easily the hardest thing I've ever done in my entire life. Like, mm-hmm. while it's very rewarding and fun, like, car wash, it, that was, like, a huge... Stressor. Oh, like, we did it. You know? Mm-hmm. Like, you just do it, and then... Like you feel better, so you get excited about really small things when you live in a country They're where you don't speak small the language. little victories. They really yeah. are. Yeah. High five. Good Thank job. you. Yes. All, All right. right. On to the show. On to the show. Do you want to tell them what we're doing, or should I? Um, you can because. Excuse you. We all know about Caitlin's burping problem. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Um, and then. You had picked chicken salad for lunch, yeah. So I made chicken salad. Uh, weird thing, I guess, as an adult, yeah. You just have these weird quirks that you start yeah, your having. Shit starts falling apart. Chicken salad gives me the worst heartburn ever, and so I just took some tums. So I'm gonna be burping. Sorry, I'm sorry, y'all. Listen, um. <laughs> heartburn when you get older, it really will rough you up. It will. I did. I made a bad mistake this morning too. I made Celeste breakfast in bed. That was very cute. This morning. Um, and I drank some orange juice. Mm-hmm. And now Celeste can't drink juice. You don't like juice in general. I don't really like juice at all. I love orange juice in the morning. So I had a glass of orange juice. And then I got back in the bed after and just like laid down and was like Ooh. TikToking. And then all of a sudden it was just like bubbling mm-hmm. in the back of my throat. Not a good idea. So that was not good. So it's just been a day of heartburn for Caitlin. Cracked heels. Forgot my orange tree. Fucking striking out over here. Just, just struggling. <laughs> struggling. Um, I think I can talk for a minute. We mm-hmm. are doing true crime, I guess. This is going to be a more true crime episode. Yep. Um, I just have one. I do too, but it's a big one. Yeah. Do you want to go first or would you like me to go first? Um, I'll go first. Okay. So, um, honestly, I came across this just kind of Googling true crime. I feel like it's really hard because, obviously, there are... a a bazillion true crime podcasts mm-hmm. and we're obviously not one. We yeah. just like to kind of do this occasionally. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I was trying to look for something that I had not heard because I listen to a lot of true crime, um, something a little different. So mm-hmm. in doing some Googling, I came across this and it is mysterious as is tragic. Um, and just generally, I just never really had a good sense of closure at the end of this. So oh, buckle in. Okay. Cause here we go. So I'm talking about, and I will preface this, this takes place in Japan, 
Um, and I do not speak Japanese, so my pronunciation is probably horrific, so my apologies in advance. Um, but what I'm talking about is the Seda Gaia murders okay. that took place on December 30th of 2000. And Setagaya is a neighborhood in Tokyo, Japan. Okay. So um, the family that we are going to be talking about here consisted of four people. Um, the first was Miyazawa Mikio, who is 44. Yasuko, his wife, who is 41. Um, I'm assuming this pronounces Nina, their daughter. Um, and then their son. So basically they had moved to this neighborhood in 1991. Um, and at the time they had moved into the neighborhood, it was very busy. They had many neighbors, but, uh, the city of Tokyo was actually wanting to expand a park nearby. So they were buying houses and people were moving. So it was started becoming less busy and less populated. So really by the time this happens, they're one of the few families still left living in the neighborhood that hasn't moved. Okay. Um, and at this time they were contemplating, uh, maybe moving to a new neighborhood they were a little worried about doing this because their son, Ray, had, um, I believe, a de developmental disorder. Okay. So um, it was kind of a back and forth thing. Um, you will find, unfortunately, by the end of this, they, they never got to make that decision. Okay. So December 30th of 2000, and this is all in theory because, again, a lot of this remains, this is an unsolved case. Okay. Um, so on that night, um, it is said that a man, this is assumed to be a man, entered the house, entered their house through a window on the second floor. And the first room that the man encountered was Ray, the son, and he went in and he strangled him to death. Um, and this becomes a little bit of an interesting detail later on, and we'll talk about why. Um, so then he moves on to uh, Mikio, and he, his cause of death was that he was stabbed in the chest, mm. arms, and face, and he ended up passing away from blood loss. This is particularly graphic. I'm sorry. I should have given a trigger warning prior to this. Um, so at this point, uh, the killer moved on to Yasuko, who was the wife, and Nina, the daughter, who were sleeping in the same room. Um, they were both stabbed multiple times, and Yasuko was able to actually get up and pick her daughter up in her arms to try and carry her down the stairs. But they were caught by the killer or killers, and um, they were actually found at the bottom of the stairs, kind of crouched, mm -hmm. um, but together. So this is particularly brutal. brutal. Yeah. So um, there were specific marks on Nina's body that also suggested that she had been beaten, but her actual cause of death was a spinal cord injury. So were they, like, pushed down the stairs? I think they were stabbed as they were trying to get down the stairs. Okay. I think she was stabbed in the back okay. and suffered a spinal cord injury. Okay. Okay. So um, this is where it gets just honestly kind of strange. Um, first, horrific that, you know, this is an entire family mm -hmm. that's been annihilated. So after the murders, uh, the killer went to the kitchen of the house, and he ate ice cream as well as drank the family's tea. So he was not in a hurry to what? leave and get out of there. Okay. It gets a little stranger because he also went through the family's documents and emptied them into a bathtub. And he also emptied Yasuko's purse into the toilet, which he had used without flushing prior to doing this. So what? it's just kind of bizarre. That's really weird. Okay. Two other pieces um, here is that uh, the family computer logged onto the internet twice. Now, for those that are younger... I know this is going to sound weird, <laughs> but at the time this was happening in 2000, you were not connected to the internet all the time. I don't even think Wi-Fi was I doubt it. a thing yet. I barely had Wi-Fi in college. It was only right. in the library that I had college. I had to connect through the ethernet. With a 30-foot ethernet cord. Yep. <laughs> so, it, so for the young ones, back in the day, mm -hmm. you had to physically connect. And it would make that weird, like, and then, like... <laughs> it would like make these really strange noises yes. because it was essentially connecting to your phone line. Right. So you could also not use a house phone. You could not use your house phone if you were online. And trust me, that sparked many an argument. That's when I punched my brother square in the face. As we see here. <laughs> see, the internet was already causing rage <laughs> even it in its inception. Because <laughs> what he did was he had just gotten back from his girlfriend's house. So they'd been together all day. I was on AIM. Chatting with my peeps. What was that? Because I think we may have younger people <laughs> listen to us too. 
Um, explain that. The AOL? Mm-hmm. The messenger? Yeah. Is that what it was? Okay. Um, so I guess it's like texting through... It was pre-texting. Yeah. Through the computer. Instant... Me- yeah. Basically, you would log on, all your friends would be on, and that's like how you yeah. chat. And you which- could put like your very like vague... Away, away message, message. <laughs> and then you'd hear the door open if someone like signed on and then you'd yeah. hear the door shut if someone signed off yeah so I was on that just chatting away chatting away and then my brother comes up and turns the computer off which if you turn the computer off cuts your internet connection mm. so then he could use the phone so I punched him square in the face and gave him a bloody nose and then I thought he was going to beat the shit out of me so I had to run up to my grandma's <laughs> to protect me <laughs> it's really good conflict resolution there <laughs> Oh, never run so fast in my life. <laughs> Continue. But yes. Okay. Um, so the point of all of that is that, you know, at this time you have to, it, it would not connect by himself. You know, like someone has to connect mm-hmm. to the internet. Um, so it locked onto the internet twice. Once at 1 a.m., which is thought to be by the killer. Okay. And then again at 10 a.m. So the big question for a while was the timeline of the murders. You know, when did the killer actually leave the house? Because that window puts it between 1 and 10 a.m. Mm-hmm. However, later on, police have come out and said that the 10 a.m. connection to the Internet was most likely not the killer, but actually Yasuko's mother, who, was, who discovered the bodies. She came to check on her daughter, mm-hmm. and it's thought that she had knocked the computer mouse over, when, of course, yeah. in the shock of that, and that doing that accidentally clicked and connected to the internet. So okay. they don't, because that is the time she was there. They don't believe the killer was still in the home when she arrived that right, morning. Okay. Um, so, and just to kind of give you a, a more timeline there, she arrived at 10 AM and the police came out to the residence at 10 56 AM. Okay. So again, that leaves kind of this window between one and probably before 10 when the killer left the home. Okay. So there's just not a lot of, specifics here on what exactly happened. Um, a big question that the police tried to figure out is where did the killer actually go in? I originally said it was the window on the second floor, Mm -hmm. but I mean, this window did not look from the photo I saw very big. And the interesting part is that no fibers were found on the window. One would think if you're shimmying through a window, you're going to leave something Mm -hmm. behind. Um, the only other option other than the window would have been the front door, but it was locked. This kind of led to a theory that perhaps the killer was someone the family knew and I, was invited in. I was thinking about the mom, the mother. That she did it? Yeah. But her wounds weren't self-inflicted. No, no. Oh, oh, like the mother. Yasuko's mother. Oh, yeah. okay. Interesting. That kind of popped into my head. Because this whole time I've kind of just been like, I, I don't know. Interesting. I very, kind of distinctly have to click a computer to get it to log on. I can yeah. see knocking it off, but I'm like... I don't know. I don't know, but that's a very brutal thing to do to, one, your own child, and two, their family. Like, just saying. I know. I know. that we. You, there's not, unfortunately, there is not um, a conclusive yeah. end to this. So, um, sure. I mean, there's been many theories about this case. Um, so, in the if we're going with the theory that the killer was invited in through the front door, one thing that people, the police noticed, is that bloody footprints were found... I, or I believe they found bloody footprints, but they start on the second floor and go up. Now, as I understand it, and please correct me if I'm wrong, in Japanese culture, it is traditional and respectful to remove your shoes mm-hmm. when you enter a home. So one of the theories was that if this was someone the family knew, they would have invited in, taken their shoes off, and probably in the midst of committing these acts, needed to put shoes on because it had become so messy mm-hmm. for lack of a better word yep. and that could lead explain why the footprints Go start up. farther up mm-hmm. so that's one theory I, my theory is with i have no idea that that, my, my theory right. is the, the mother it's interesting me. i i found nothing that relate <laughs> related her to this but it, i mean who knows so it's also interesting because you know while there were no fibers on the window, they did find a lot of evidence of a person in the house. There were footprints, fingerprints, and obviously a lot of blood mm-hmm. at the crime scene. Um, so this obviously led at the time to trying to use DNA testing. Um, keep in mind this is in 2000, so DNA testing is very much still an early thing. Mm-hmm. 
So over the years, over 5 million people have been tested against the samples that were collected from this crime scene, but they've never found a conclusive match to anyone. So what police do believe is that the killer would have been between 15 and 35, because keep in mind, if he did come in through the window on the second floor, Mm -hmm. he would have had to climb up the wall into the window, and he would have had to climb over a fence to get out. So, I mean, this is not generally going to be an elderly person. Okay. Um, They believe him to be around 5'7", or 170 centimeters tall, and that he either had brown or black hair. And unfortunately, that's really... The best description they have. Here's the other little weird part about this. They not only found footprints, fingerprints, blood. The killer left his entire outfit at the house and changed and left. What? He left um, a fanny pack, hat, shirt, and shoes, and nothing, unfortunately, had any identifying information on it. And he left it, or left it, excuse me, like, I think right on their couch. Just, I mean, not hidden, not trashed kind of in plain sight like it it, so did he either just have to walk out naked or did he bring a change of clothes with him i would assume he brought a change of clothes (laughs) because i think a a naked person running out of the house would attract a bit more attention fair enough um but it's still weird if you if you commit this these awful things i one would assume your motivation is to not be caught and yet you you leave like a trail of hints right but obviously he knew he was going in there to do that. If right. He change clothes. Right. This is weird. This is a very strange case. So um, there have never been really any conclusive suspects in this case. Um, a woman did say she saw a man leaving the home the night of the murders. And it, she was driving and basically this guy kind of took off and she wasn't able to follow him. However, no blood was found on the street that she claimed she was on. Because remember, if he... Changed. Changed. I mean, he may have had blood that could have been brought out with him onto the street. um, And there were no witnesses to corroborate this. So it just really wasn't a lot to go on. Um, Another suspect was uh, a man who was treated for a deep arm wound at a train station nearby. Um, But he didn't fit the police description. And there just really wasn't a lot of evidence to tie him to that location. So this really kind of just leaves more questions than answers. I think the other thing a lot of people have wondered is why, you know, what was the motive? Right. Um, you know, we've talked about cases where entire families have been murdered and it just has to be a pretty strong motivation. I would imagine to, to commit kill that multiple people. Right. Especially when there are children involved. Yeah. How old were the children? Um, They're young, right? Like, yes. I think, oh, younger than 10. I think the youngest was eight. Mm. Um, so, you know, from what I could take, you know, the two main motives that people have theorized are the first is money, which is a common one. Mm -hmm. This doesn't quite all make sense either because the killer did take money out of the house, but they only took about 150,000 yen, which with today's currency conversion is about a thousand dollars us. Okay. So not much. And there was more in the house. He could have taken more. Um, so the money thing really doesn't hold that much water. Um, the other route would be a family grudge. This, at least in my opinion, would explain the brutality of the murders. Perhaps Mm -hmm. this was someone who had a held a vendetta against the family, Mm -hmm. maybe had a, a a thing with the father that spurred this. I don't know, but that's the only thing that I can think would spur that because (laughs) these were particularly brutal. Yeah. Um, so unfortunately that is really as far as the case has gotten. There aren't any concrete or uh, suspects, but there is a research Institute that is in Japan. that's currently attempting to build, um, a more identifiable profile of the killer using current forensic techniques against the DNA that was captured. I find that so interesting that obviously now our forensic Mm -hmm. devices and, you know, Techniques are so much better. Mm-hmm. A lot of cold cases are like being reopened and where they still have samples. They still have well, right. things and like getting some closure, even if it's sure 22 years, you know. Yeah. I mean, ago. you look at the Golden State Killer yep. that was solved, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. DNA testing has come leaps and bounds yeah. since 2000. Um, it's an interesting one. It's just, it's not, you know, I'm sure I can only imagine the family members of the family. 
yeah. want closure and want to know how this and why. Mm-hmm. So it's just, it's not, it just doesn't leave you with a good sense of um, closure. That's no. the only thing I can think of. Mm-hmm. And that's bothering me. Imagine like their family. I know it's, yeah, this was a, this was a strange one too. Yeah. It took a lot of weird turns. It did. And there's, it just, not a lot of it makes sense to me. Like the fact that they stayed in the home. Ate ice cream. Right. It just. Put a purse in the toilet and then took a dump on it. Like what? Right. It's just, I don't know. It's just a very, I can't make kind of heads or tails out of it. Yeah. So yeah. That was a good one. That was interesting. Yeah. I had not heard of this one before, so I thought it would be a good one to cover. Maybe one day soon we can come back and say. Solved. solved. Yeah, I hope so. I truly do. Um, Because, yeah, I mean, forensic testing has come so so far. far. This is completely random, but I heard this on another podcast, so I don't take credit for this. But I heard that if you are ever, um, if you ever suspect that you may have been given um, the, like a Ruflin, like at a -hmm. a bar, if you think you might have been given the date rape drug, as it is called, um, if you do not cut your hair and you wait two weeks, and have a hair sample taken, they can still detect if that chemical was ever in your system. Ooh, this was from someone who did a lot of like drug testing. Yeah. Um, and that's what they said. So I found that very interesting. That is so, interesting. Yeah. I almost got roofied one time. And your brother got roofied. And then my brother got roofied. <laughs> I mean, that not good for him, but I mean. It was actually really terrifying. Yeah. My brother and I used to live together. This was mm-hmm. pre-Celeste. I did not, we lived in the same city, but mm-hmm. we had not met. Mm-mm. Uh, my brother and I had gone to um, just a local bar, a bar. downtown, yeah. and I had to use the potty, so I had a full beer, and I asked my brother, like, can you just wash my drink? It was pretty crowded. I've always been very cautious of mm-hmm. my drinks, um, and he was like, yeah, that's fine. Well, my brother is not <laughs> very trustworthy. <laughs> He's easily distracted. Let's put <laughs> it that way. Word. So when I come back, I mean, his back is completely turned to my drink. Like, I'm like, there's no way. And so I'm like, I ordered another drink. I'm like, I don't want that, want that one anymore. And he's just like, well, I'm not wasting a beer. I'll drink it. And he drank it. And I was like, that's fine. I'm, I'm, I'm not doing it. So glad I followed my intuition. Mm-hmm. Um, he had had, that was his second beer. Mm-hmm. And it was a light beer. I yeah. don't like thick, heavy beers. So he would not have been drunk after that. Right. And he just started acting really weird. And I was just like mm-hmm. acting like super drunk. And I was like, what is going on? So like we get him home and like, he falls asleep in the car. This is like dinner time. Yeah. And I was like trying to get him out of the car. When we got home, he wouldn't. So we just, <laughs> just, let him sleep in the him. Car. <laughs> just had to leave him in there. <laughs> we let him sleep in the car. Although we locked it. Yeah. <laughs> we just let him sleep in there. <laughs> He slept in the car all night and the next morning came in and he just like didn't feel well. And mm-hmm. he was like, why did I sleep in the car? And I'm like, you wouldn't get out. Like you were asleep. And he does not remember going to mm. the bar at all. He does not remember a single thing. Yeah. So. And I was like, that is why I yep. did not drink that drink. So he definitely got roofied. Yeah. So trust your instincts. That's terrifying. It is terrifying. And as a rule, if you... You should have a trustworthy person. Mm-hmm. They also now, I've seen them, and I, I don't remember the name of the brand, so I apologize. They're now making... The covers. The covers. Mm-hmm. And I believe... The nail polish. Yes, that can detect... Stick your little finger in there. The drug in there. So yep. um, all that to say, please be careful. Yeah. Don't ever leave your drink unattended. And if you have a bad feeling like you did, just don't. It's, it's well, That would not have been worth the $3 that I spent on Right. That. It is absolutely not <laughs> worth it. Yeah. So... That's the PSA. Another weird turn, yeah. but you said Ruby, and I was like, oh, I got a story about that. Yeah. <laughs> uh, all right, you ready for mine? Yep. Okay, so when we decided that we were doing the true kind of true crime theme, I now it's going to piss me off because I was watching, I was watching TikTok, and I'd come across this website, and I don't remember it, and I wish I had, but basically you typed in anywhere in the world, like mm-hmm. any city that you wanted to know. And it pops up like kind of like all like true crime that's happened mm. in or around like that area. Obviously where I grew up, very small town. I had totally forgotten about this until I read about it. Mm. Um, a mass murder that occurred in 
a town very close to where I grew up. Yeah. Um, I remember it being all over the news and it kind of like shaking our whole like community because it mm-hmm. just a tiny little town. Like yeah. shit like that just doesn't didn't happen. happen. Um, so I am going to talk about one of the biggest mass murders um, in the state of Maine hmm. um, I- that I very distinctly remember now having read about it. Um, I remember seeing it on TV and okay. I was 16. So I was like, what? Yeah. Um, so it's pretty, I will, there's a trigger warning for, um, just just overall gruesome details Mm -hmm. of it. Um, so this was Labor Day weekend in 2006. Okay. um, And this is in Newry, Maine, um, which is about 20 minutes from where I grew up. Um, and if you know Maine a little bit, um, or ski mountains, it's very close to Sunday river, Mm -hmm. um, which is just a ski resort. That's very popular. Mm -hmm. Um, so there's a man named Christian Nielsen, um, and he had lived, he lived somewhere at Falmouth maybe, or mm. Farmington, started with an F, um, but he had grew, grew up in Maine, okay. around, um, forever, kind of moved to a, um, like an inn, it was called the Black Bear Bed and Breakfast, mm-hmm. um, and this was in Nuri, and he was working at an inn a few miles down the road called the Sudbury Inn. Okay. So there's a lot of inns, so yeah. he lives at one, works Works at another, very close. Um, And the Sudbury Inn, I believe, was in Bethel, Mm. which is where Sunday River is, which is where we stayed one Christmas. And we got snowed in. And we got snowed in and stuck in a house with all of my family, and it did not end well. No, it did not. (laughs) Um, Okay, so he was hired as a line cook, Christian was, um, and had worked there for about two months before he just committed just... Horrific, horrific murders. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the co-owners of the bed and breakfast actually always spoke very highly of him. Um, said he was very reliable, very soft-spoken, kind of a quiet, reserved guy, but like never expected anything like what he did. Mm-hmm. Um, so he started what would be his bloody four-day rampage on September 1st. Um, this was a Friday, like okay. I said, of 2006. Um, there was a 50-year-old handyman named James Whitehurst um, staying at the Black Bear Bread and be- Bread Bread Bread, bread and, and Breakfast, breakfast. <laughs> Bed and Breakfast, um, and he was um, a guest there visiting from okay. Arkansas. Um, and basically, there's no reason as to why he did it, um, but Christian did admit to shooting him, uh, partially dismembering him, dragging his body into the woods, um, and lit him on fire. Okay. Unsuccessfully burning his body. Okay. Um, he then goes back, gets ready for work and proceeds to go to work that following or that same evening of his first murder. Okay. He waits all day Saturday. Um, so then we go on to Sunday. Um, he had called his parents and basically said, you know, the owner has kind of let me take over. Um, you know, she's visiting California, which that will make more sense in a minute. Mm -hmm. Um, like, super cool. So he's going on saying that he's, like, running this whole bed and breakfast, mm-hmm. which was never true. Okay. That, that never happened. Um, unexpectedly, the owner, uh, Julie Bullard, of the bed and breakfast, she was 65, um, and her daughter and her daughter's best friend show up kind of unexpectedly. He wasn't expecting to see them, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, and he murders them. Uh, so... The mother is 65. The daughter was 30 years old. Her name was Selby Bullard. And her best friend was 43, named Cindy Beetson. He murdered them by using a chainsaw, uh, hacksaws, and pickaxes to dismember their bodies. Uh, So horrific. He also, and this is just awful as well, uh, killed three dogs that were around the property. Yeah. Not good. But buried him. I, yeah, me too. Um, so there's kind of a sad beginning part to this of Julie and Selby. Um, Julie is Selby's mom. Mm-hmm. Um, they had had a bed and breakfast in San Francisco, California, uh, and with her, with Julie and her husband, which was Selby's um, father. Mm-hmm. Um, he tragically passed away in a car accident. Oh, okay. um, very recently to this. Mm-hmm. They wanted a fresh start. So they moved from San Francisco to mm-hmm. Maine, purchased this bed and breakfast, started it up, um, yeah. and then were precisely murdered. 
um, by this douche yeah. canoe. Um, so he murders him on Sunday, the three women. Um, another sad part was both Selby and her best friend Cindy were married to mm-hmm. men and both had very young children at the oh. time that they were murdered. So that's just awful. Um, so he basically doesn't do anything for on Monday. It was on Tuesday that Christian called his parents who lived in nearby Bryant Pond, mm-hmm. um, which is very close to the area as well. Yeah. Um, and basically kind of urged them to go to the black bear bed and breakfast where he was. But never kind of gave a reason. So his parents were kind of like, what's going he's on? He's kind of acting weird. Yeah. So like, okay, not a car drive. So they get in their car. Yeah. They get there um, and they kind of see this like just massive amount of like blood sure. um, yeah. outside. And it's there's a trail of mm-hmm. blood. So they're following this trail and they get around this, um, the inn to see um, just the remains of three dismembered women mm. piled behind the inn. Jeez. Uh, so they are just absolutely horrified. Immediately sure. call the police. Um, the police show up and Christian... And he's there? Yep. Christian is there. Christian is there. Um, I don't believe they went inside. I think they stayed outside and sure. just called the police. Probably a wise thing to do. Yep. Um, and they showed up and arrested Christian without incident and he just admitted to them. Confessed. Just straight up, yes, I, I, I did it. I did all of it and the women are here and there's also a man in the woods. <laughs> What? Sure. Um, So basically he's, he's confessed. He said Mm -hmm. everything that he wants to say. Um, And this is where I got kind of just agitated with him. Um, He has no motive. There was no motive. Um, So he killed James on Friday. And then, like I said, had said the three women had showed up unexpectedly. And he also mentioned that he killed them to try to cover up James's murder. Which to me makes no sense. I, I just could not find a reason. Right. Um, so, like I said, I, I, I got super ticked off because just looking at his pictures, he's just got this fucking stupid smirk on his face that I just want to punch. I hope the next part of your story is that a bear ran out of the woods and fucking I wish. ate him. They didn't. But I wish, it, I wish that would have happened. Yeah. Um, so he's just got this stupid little douchey attitude, too. Mm-hmm. So he's like, it seems almost like he's proud of what he did. But still, yeah. again, not coming right. up with any motive. Not saying a motive. Like, yeah, just, I just did it. Yeah. Um, so basically, this is a nightmare for his lawyers who are trying to come up with any sort of defense sure. for him. Um, they really don't, since he basically did admit to them mm-hmm. and claim he had no motive. He really didn't have much of a defense. Yeah. Um, his lawyers did try to have his confession suppressed. <laughs> like he probably should mm-hmm. have blatantly said you did it. Sure. Semi try to reduce your sentence if right. possible. Um, and then they try to have him declared incompetent to stand trial. Mm-hmm. Um, but he, he's just got this douchey attitude was not really cooperating with his lawyers. Um, some psychologists that they the defense had um, concluded that he had Asperger's, which is like a type of um, like a mild form of autism. Sure. Are you? I'm. I'm trying. I believe. I don't know. If mild may be the correct word. It is. I think it fits somewhere on the autism spectrum. I think mild may infer that sometimes are worse than others, and oh. there's absolutely nothing wrong with being autistic or having Asperger's. So I just no. want to throw that oh. little disclaimer out there. Oh. I did not mean it like that. So no, no, no. I, Asperger's, I believe, isn't it uh, linked to, like, high social anxiety as well? I don't know a ton about Asperger's, I'll be really honest. I, I don't either. I do believe that it is associated with um, autism. Oh, no, I, be- I believe that, too. Oh, okay. I was just... I was. When I think of it, it also made, I thought I'd read about like social anxiety too as a part I of mean, it. Probably. Sure. Yeah. Well, I'm sorry. I did not mean no, that no, in no, any no. negative type of way. Um, we know someone with Asperger's. Absolutely. Um, can I say that? Sure. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> now you got me panicking. Don't panic. Don't Okay. Um, anyways, that was on his, like the defense okay. side. I was trying to say that. Um, obviously he was interviewed by many psychologists, um, on both sides for Mm -hmm. the defense and the, um, like prosecution. Sure. 
Um, and he was all times found competent to stand trial. Mm. Um, the judge quoted him, the legal standard is whether a defendant can cooperate, not whether he is actually cooperating. Uh-huh. So basically he is saying like, yeah, he's being a douche, a douche or but he's capable. but he, he is capable. He can under, basically there's a whole thing of like what determines you as competent or incompetent. It's to stand very trial. difficult it's, to have a successful insanity plea. Yes. Um, and he'd never fit that. Mm, um, right. I'm not going to get into it, but there's some things here that it's concerning, I mm-hmm. would say. Um, so he was at, it's funny because I know exactly where this is, at the Oxford County Jail, which mm. is like right across from our high school. Yeah. Um, where I went. Um, <laughs> he apparently, while he was being held there before his trial, had attacked a fellow inmate. Um, and he was also placed on suicide watch after etching the letter X on his scalp with a razor blade. Okay. Um, and then they noticed that he began to like obsessively work out mm-hmm. like nonstop all day and was on a hunger strike oh. at the same time. Um, it, it very, very quickly, he went from 158 pounds to 103 pounds. Mm-hmm. Um, so much that they were very much concerned for his health. Mm-hmm. Um, and basically he was, uh, given a court order that he was to be force fed right um via feeding tube just to make sure he had like proper nutrition sure um just really wasn't a good time they did have him go to augusta for another psychiatric evaluation but he had to get his health kind of back up mm-hmm. which it's that's mixed reviews there sure um like i said i'm not going to get into that part um but basically at the end of it um, he did go on trial in 2007, um, and he just refused to change his plea, like yeah. his guilty plea. Um, like I said, he was multiple times found competent um, to stand trial, and he did. And on October 18th of 2007, he was sentenced to life in prison. Mm. And that's where he's still... And he's currently still there. Yeah. Um, not eaten by a black bear, unfortunately. Someone wants to drop a black bear off at the jail. <laughs> I wouldn't be mad. Yeah. <laughs> like I said, I have a very uh, mixed emotions with mm-hmm. mental health and things that happen, but just the smirk on his face, I hated. Sure. Just kind of like a look what I did and like yeah. didn't really care. And the fact right. that he didn't even try to like help himself in any way. Just Right. Yeah. I think that's the more unsettling part is that. One, he was found completely confident. Mm-hmm. And two, he had no remorse and no reason. It's just, why? Yeah. Why did any of that need to happen? There was a small theory that really didn't hold much water, that there was a discrepancy with like his rent and paying rent. Right. Um, which would kind of explain possibly the the owner of the bed and breakfast where he was staying. Right. Maybe her daughter, and her, like, you know what I'm saying? But like, it doesn't yeah. explain the first murder of the handyman, the James. Right. That's just, just staying there. Right. What was your purpose of, of killing him? And also if, you know, I, not that I would understand, but it would make a bit more sense to me if he called his parents because he was experiencing extreme remorse and mm-hmm. wanted to turn himself in. Yeah. But makes it, them see it and right. It. Yeah. And it just makes like, that makes absolutely no sense to me. It, he clearly was not trying to get away with it. Right. Cause why would you call your parents? Yeah. Um, but he also didn't have the balls to turn himself in to right. the police. He had to put his parents through that. Yeah. So I don't like these, both of these cases are very frustrating because yeah. they just, they, they make no sense to me. Mm-hmm. I, you know, and just like a very cold, calculated person that's right. like can come across as like the the other owner said reliable soft-spoken mm-hmm. easygoing like mm-hmm. to me would be kind of like oh he's a decent dude mm-hmm. you know to being able to do something like that to murder someone and then just go to work and feel nothing and just act as if yeah nothing happened that is i think that you know it's terrifying just, we talk about scary things on this podcast but i would argue that that is scarier than any ghost we have ever talked about yeah easily for sure yeah. God. Well, I've never heard of that. So that was, I know it was like a I big said, deal, obviously, where you grew it up. It was, and I had not even, like, given it a thought in years until yeah. I, was, I was like, I remember that and being, yeah. like, scared. Like, I'm sure I never mean, hear shit like that in, like, my town. Right. It was, it was just like, what the hell? That is. Yeah. 
That was, um, that was, that's a good one. I just, I'd never, never even heard of that. I'm going to try to research that stupid website again. <laughs> Cause I, I don't know why I ever let it slip my mind, but I did, but it was very interesting. And that was the first one that popped up and mm. it was like the little light bulb went off. I was like, Oh, that's what I'm going to do. Okay. Yeah. Came in clutch. Cause I did my research this morning. <laughs> you really did. You, you held her off to the 11th hour there. <laughs> like, you know what? It, we did it. We did. Well, good. Yeah. I enjoyed that. You know, I like, I do know we like to do the paranormal, but it, you know, it's nice to have a change of pace sometimes. And I don't, I don't mind doing, um, like true crime. Mm-hmm. It's not like my jam to do like all the time, but mm-hmm. it is fun to kind of throw, throw it in there. Some, some good ones in there every once in a while. We also did get, you said another listener story. So I think we're yes, up to we four. We have four now. So if we can get two more, y'all come on, right? I know y'all have had spooky more. shit happen to you. Listener stories. We'll do an episode. We can do an episode. A listener story episode. I love those. I do too. And I'm like, why do we have the podcast? Like, y'all need to have the podcast <laughs> yeah. because you make our stories look um, trivial. Compare <laughs> some of the stuff you sent. It's, it's crazy. Yeah, it really is. We haven't so, done it in a long time. So. No, we haven't. So definitely send it in yeah. so we can um, we can get that recorded because that'd be a lot of fun. Yeah, for sure. And can we also just say that our little hellhound down there, Mishka? redeemed himself from last week. Yeah, he's exhausted from how bad he was. <laughs> um, he slept through this entire... He's just, just sleeping right there on the floor. That's a miracle. It is a miracle. Well, go see Caitlin on Facebook. I am trying to be more I active. Saw. I've put some posts up and tried to put some pictures of some, some fun things that we've done. Yeah. So I will try to continue doing that and yes. being better. <laughs> when I come to tell you, visit me on Facebook, and they're like, bitch, you're never there. <laughs> I'm like, nobody's home. <laughs> Um, yes, you can come see us on Instagram, as you all know, at Ghoul Friends Podcast. You can find us on Twitter at Ghoul underscore Friends. You can find us on TikTok at Ghoul Friends Podcast. And if you do have a listener story, which I know you do. There's got to be two more out there. I, I don't believe it that no one has had anything weird happen to them lately. <laughs> um, you can send that to ghoulfriendspodcast at gmail.com. And do please put listener story in the subject line so we know where to look for it. Yep. Oh, and if you do need some sweet Ghoul Friends merch, you can always find that at ghoulfriendspod.redbubble.com. We need to order some because our shit's getting fucking Like I said, bad. mine's my cleaning shirt, so it's, like, it's like covered in Not trying to say we have shitty merch. This was like the OG brand that we've we had use. it for a long time, yeah. Yeah, and we, we've used and abused it. So, get you some good stuff. Yeah. I think that's it. I think that's it. All right. Any final words? I kept the burping to a minimum. Appreciate it. Think anybody really heard any of them? Even though there there were a few that they were there. They were. <laughs> I didn't go the whole time without burping. Much appreciated. Everyone's ears. Thank you. Yeah, pretty much. All right. Well, for now, we hope you have a safe and spooky week. As always, I'm Celeste, and I'm Caitlin, and we're your cool friends. Bye. See you.